input insert podcast song here. You are you are my Sonia. Okay, you've been welcome to Brown Little Brown Women. Today we're talking about brown towns and the lack of brown towns. I, there you go. That's that's our episode title right there. Mm-hmm. Also, and then I got the sound bite right out the gate. Yeah. So I guess to start off, I'm Vandana. I'm excited to talk about this today. And I grew up right outside of Princeton, New Jersey, in a very, let's say, diverse town. Um, I think the makeup of my town. This is not backed by any sort of statistics other than like my brain and my memory. But if I were to put a percentage on things, I'd say 40% of my town was South Asian, predominantly Indian. The other 40% was probably East Asian. Um, and the other 20% was other, like just a mix mm-hmm. of all other races. And I feel like I had a very unique high school experience because in my senior year, there ended up being a racial divide that was in the New York Times. If anyone wants to go look at New York Times articles from the 26- from 2016. Oh. Um, we had, yeah, I actually haven't told you about guys about this, but we had something called option two where mm-hmm. you could test out of your classes and skip ahead a couple of grades. So you would uh, take a test, you would take a course over the summer. And then at the end of the summer course, you take a test. If you passed, you could skip that course. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of students would do is specifically for math and science courses, they would skip as many as they could. And then if you got through all of the courses that were offered in the high school, so for example, math went up to multivariable calculus or like calculus, yeah. mm-hmm. you would get bused to Princeton University and you oh. would take classes there. So parents went crazy over option two. Like kids were losing their summers starting from the sixth grade. Yeah, sounds about and, right. Yeah, and it was normal, you know, like to take enrichment courses in my high school, mm-hmm. in my town starting young, but like option two was a whole nother ball game. And in my, I forget whether it was my junior or senior year, they got rid of it. They said, you can only option two out of two courses for your entire high school career. And people were pissed. Specifically, parents were pissed. I'd never been to a school board meeting before then. <laughs> they fell along racial lines too, with the Asian population being upset that it was taken off and the other population saying like, our kids deserve a childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it got so bad. Yeah, it was in the New York Times. There was a whole article about it. Sorry, that's this was a wild. real tangent to kind of explain my high school no, experience. That, yeah, that sounds about right. That's a good description. That definitely gives us a, a picture. Yeah. Yeah. And you grew up near Princeton, right? I grew up yeah, 10 minutes outside of Princeton. Okay. Nice. I feel like we had very different backgrounds. Um, my name is Kaya. Um, <laughs> and I went to high school in South Jersey near Philly. Um, and I think my high school was nowhere as close to yours, like in terms of um like academics and the diversity Mm -hmm. I'd say it was 60 percent white 20 percent latin and then another 10 percent black and then the rest asian um and in terms of like even competition we had the same 20 30 people in honors and ap um so that group was fairly small and there was really not much of competition at all like 
a lot of people didn't take AP classes, and if they did, they would take a few here and there. Um, <clears throat> so it was a bit of a shock coming to Rutgers. Like, I knew it was diverse, but I couldn't really imagine something what it was like. Um, and even in terms of the competition, like, it was a state school, but, um, like, there was a lot more competition than I was expecting. Because mm-hmm. in my high school, you can, yeah, like, I think I cruised by. Like, I tried, but it wasn't really that hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that it was like that elsewhere, too, until college and seeing how people, like, with your experience, um, like, how you guys were raised um, and the backgrounds that you guys came with. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I the think we had such different backgrounds. We're still fundamentally kind of like the same person. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just going to say, like, I think I resonated more, like, I resonate more with Bandana's experience of high school, but the three of us are the same person, so I mm-hmm. wonder what that's about. <laughs> Guess we can dive into that now. Yeah. Wait, so how was your experience similar to uh, Bandana's? Yeah, so um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay, specifically Fremont, which is literally brown town, so much so that I'm pretty sure Hassan Minaj has, like, like a whole thing on it you know it's not it's it is what it is but I would say that you know we actually kind of had a similar program to Vandana school but it wasn't as intense it wasn't like a summer class you could basically just like test into a higher level of math and like people would go hard people would go hard and I was not very bright so, you know, I would just kind of be there for like the classes that I was interested in. Um, I, would, I was just there for the ride, you know, uh, of course, I was stressed because everybody around me was super competitive. But like compared to like the kids that would skip classes and like, you know, we had a local uncle that would have keep test bank answers and like you could yeah, Praveen Uncle, you know, Praveen Uncle, if you want to sponsor this podcast, go for it. I know you drive a nice car. I know you mint money, bro. <laughs> he was making, the way that this man would make money off of all of these parents that, like, wanted to cheat the system by, like, having all of these tests given to them or, like, to the point where, like, teachers caught on and they would, like, try and, like, get around. So you're telling me a grown-ass man yeah. had copies of tests that he would sell to other aunties and uncles yeah head in school he wouldn't sell them to them he would basically be like um I teach AP chemistry like crash courses but what he he didn't teach anything he just gave us handouts that he stole from teachers oh wow but you know he saw a hole in the market and he he's a businessman and I respect it (laughs) was he good you slay uncle I have no idea um question yes Do you guys appreciate the way that the academic competition occurred in your school? Or do you think if you had a choice to choose where you would live, you would choose something else? You know, I know this, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. I was talking about this with one of my friends who her like sister is a senior in high school right now. And her like her sister, like her sister's friends aren't super serious about school. They're kind of just like, they're kind of banking on going to community and transferring or they're um, like going to do an art major or something, which is like all a valid path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of but course. my friend is like, you know, she has the opportunity and the privilege to be able to just go to a four-year university, which is 
probably something that's really good for her. It will get her out of her shell if she moves away from home, blah, 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 blah. Um, but like, you know, she's just like, it's, she's just like, it's not really for me because all of her friends are like, not that into it. And so I wonder, you know, I wonder if I wasn't surrounded by all of these people that were so intense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I was kind of like, I'm doing things, but like, because other people are doing them, yeah. I feel pressured to do these things. Cause everybody, I grew up around a lot of, mostly Asian people, mm-hmm. like 90%, you know, Silicon Valley vibes. Um, yeah. And I wonder I wonder that's how I feel too like a part of me is like damn I wish I had more summers where my mom wasn't making me do summer bridge but (laughs) the summer bridge workbooks but at the same time yeah like I don't know would I be as motivated to or maybe maybe on the other hand I would have been more motivated because a lot of times every time my parents told me to do homework Mm -hmm. I would hate it you do the opposite it made me want to do it less Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know. I also think that my parents were a little bit on the the less strict side of the parents in my town. So that pressure was taken off me a little bit. So maybe I had a more idealistic um, life in that time in in my town growing up. I I think um, Kay and I have talked about this before, but I wonder, Vandana, if you also feel the same way. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about how our parents weren't that strict growing up. And I think they like didn't need to be because we were just kind of like we would push ourselves because mm. we wanted to be like what a certain thing like we had a certain ev- image for what we wanted to achieve and so our parents were able to like kind of coast you know <laughs> yeah I, I don't think um I was I was different from you guys in high school I fully coasted I barely studied every time my parents got on my case I wouldn't do it. So I didn't really, I, I was a different person in high school than I was in college. So I, if you ask my parents whether they think they had it easy, they would say no. That's fair. <laughs> um, so, cause like the amount of effort they put towards my sister was so much less cause she would go do her homework right away. Oh, interesting. Was, like my parents wouldn't like, there were no repercussions for me. They'd just be mad. Yeah. Um, you no, know, that's what I'm saying. Like they would be mad and then you'd like that would be enough for you to be like okay now I feel bad no I still didn't do anything okay (laughs) they could never get mad enough because I was doing fine in my classes yeah yeah like I was doing fine in my classes and then I wasn't like out doing drugs or partying or anything yeah so I was on the robotics team I was in band so there wasn't really much they could like really so you weren't coasting though right I think you're just comparing yourself to your peers but like overall, like you were doing a lot. That's true. Or enough. That is true. I am. I mean, yeah, like you did pretty well <laughs> for yourself after high school. In high yeah, school, I think you have to find your own path, right? Like, yeah. Like you yeah. said, if your parents push too hard, you're never gonna build a motivation on your own. Mm-hmm. So maybe you needed to leave the environment that you grew up in to grow up. I agree. I agree. That's wow. That's profound, Kaya. I know. Yeah. Put that on a mug. I didn't come up with that either. <laughs> Months ago, but it stuck to me. So and yeah, it definitely know, resonates. Right? Does, you can't yeah. grow up in an environment where you grew up. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, circling yeah. back, I think grass is always greener on the other side because, like, 
because I grew up in a town that wasn't really academically driven, like after college, I always had not really a regret because it's not something I could control, but mm-hmm. I wish I had a slightly more toxic <laughs> high school experience. I feel like that would have pushed me. Maybe not toxic, toxic but, how? but more um, academically competitive. I feel like I just would have had a little bit more exposure to things. And I think I would have chosen a different career path. Really? Yeah. Like I didn't take my first CS course until sophomore year of college. And that's very late. <laughs> yeah. I think I, it would have meant that I would have had more choices a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's I fair. think, yeah. yeah, I think even that just highlights like, just how important having access to not only a good education, but also good like mentors and peer crowds mm-hmm. are to like getting to where we are today. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I think maybe in the grand scheme of things, although the culture was toxic my parents were able to shield me from a lot of it Mm -hmm. they weren't really pushing me to option two all the way to Princeton University Mm -hmm. where like I still got like the opportunities and the mentorship and got to see people doing different things um Mm -hmm. than what is like presented to me like just from your teachers Mm -hmm. and guidance counselors and whatnot yeah I wish um I wish my parents pushed more I don't think they ever checked my report card like really? ever they just knew you were doing well no I think yeah I think maybe or not that they didn't care but they just I guess just they had enough trust that mm-hmm. I'll figure it out mm-hmm. um oh, but God. it would have been nice to have that push right because a lot I of don't know push yourself and yeah. it would have <laughs> right? my mom checked we had something called like genesis where you could check I your, remember genesis your, yeah you could check your grades online yeah. right my mom was checking that every two days to see when the teacher could wow. update my test and then she would tell me about it and it would make me so upset. Oh my God. My mom would get, it would send, it would auto send my mom an email. Like yes! she didn't check. Oh my God. Yes. We had like, what was it called? It was called school loop. Yeah. I would just send her an email every day and she'd be like, why isn't your math grade up yet? And I'd be like, well, Miss Fung didn't put in the two zeros. And she'd be like, well, why didn't you ask her not to put in the two zeros? And I was like, when, what? <laughs> How is this? I had this argument with a grown ass woman. And every single time I got a bad grade too, my mom would be like, Is it input wrong? And then you have to sit there and be like, No, that is oh, the that's, what, that's what I did. <laughs> that's how dumb I was. <laughs> and then I had to, I remember the like the point in high school where I had to explain to my mom what a curve was, but then like I wasn't that good at math, so I did a bad job of explaining what a curve was. Like, and she like, was just like, how can you get a 32% in a test? Oh, the curve. curves. You had curves in high school? Yeah. Yeah, she grew up in Fremont. Makes oh, sense. no, I did not curve in high school. Me either. The grade you got was the grade you, you got. If you got a 32%, <laughs> I did very badly. I'm not going to lie. But, but I would like, I would want to be in all the AP science classes, but I would not do the work that you had to do to be in AP science class. So I would be there in AP bio, like, whoo-hoo, I love organelles. Um, but would I read up on like, did I sit there and memorize all of the amino acids like all the other kids did? No, what am I gonna do with that information? And so obviously I'd get like a 30% on my test. And then my mom would be like, what is this? And I'd be like, don't worry, it's curved. And then she's like, what's a curve? I'm like, I don't know. That's what the brown boy sitting next to me said. And I just repeated it. And then I had to figure it out. And I'd be like, oh, it's, it's an averaging thing. And she was like, what? And I was like, nobody, nobody 
my mom does not know math. Tell me how I'm supposed to explain to her what <laughs> curve is. She knows what 32% is, though. I'll tell you that. That's easy enough to understand. Did you find that there was a lot of competition from your peers? Because I think my peers paid, played a huge role in the insecurities that I had in high school, both academically and socially. And I just, and I think a lot of that stemmed from it being a majority Asian, um, Asian populated school. I think like, so obviously because I behaved this way, I did not get to continue to be in AP courses later on. So I was like in different classes, like junior year. And like, so I wasn't with all of the friends that I used to have. And I don't think that they were judging me for this. I genuinely think that they had bigger things to worry about than to be like, oh, Ishana's so dumb. She's not even in like Talc 1 right now. She's in pre-calc. No, I was in statistics. That's how badly I did. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't think they were thinking that. But in my head, mm-hmm. I was thinking that they were thinking that. And so I just like would write off like whole groups of people I'd be like oh they don't want to talk to me they like think that I'm not smart enough which is like they were not wrong but I think I manufactured that because they had much bigger things to worry about and talk about okay you know what I mean so yeah I feel like it did fuel a lot of insecurity and maybe that's why I continue to chase academics validation to this day (laughs) that's fair but yeah I get that yeah so that's different from how I feel I feel like people did care in my high school like about what other people maybe maybe you're right and it, they didn't but I distinctly remember you know sitting in study hall and freshman year after geometry all of us had the same geometry teacher and one I had just gotten a 70% on an exam and <laughs> one of the guys was like if you don't get 100% in Miss Blasenko's test you must be fucking stupid because they're so easy and I was sitting there with my 70 percent and they they ask you know they're like yeah they do ask what did you get um and then you'd have to be like I got a 70 percent after he said like yeah I got a 99 yeah no but they would say that on purpose no okay actually you're right you're right people were like that yeah but it stems from their own toxic environments at home right my mom would never ask me how other people did Mm -hmm. she would only like yeah so that way in that way I had a very safe environment at home yeah like not not a comparative environment so maybe you're right like it was a projection of their own insecurities too Mm -hmm. yeah and expectations from home yeah definitely do you think they had an effect on you Kaya the lack of competition I think the opposite I think I grew (laughs) up in a bubble (laughs) in high school I kind of uh like I did try but like it it wasn't that hard like you put in enough effort to just coast Mm -hmm. um and you were still in the top like x percentage right so I just thought that that reflected into how the rest of the world was Mm -hmm. um so I feel like in terms of insecurities and confidence that stemmed in college and not high school and I feel like it's still there today Mm -hmm. I yeah. think it's going to be hard to shake off. Come to um, grad school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the imposter syndrome is always going to be there in the back yeah. of my head. But it's something that you can work at, right? Like, yeah. slowly, for surely. Yeah. Especially as women in STEM. Like, there, it, there's no easy way to get around it. 
but yeah, yeah I think high school wasn't really it didn't really add to my insecurities in terms of academics okay but in other ways <laughs> um, into that now like I remember uh even co- like dating in high school versus college a big difference mm-hmm. um because I grew up in like a white town most of the kids most of the white kids dated the white kids and we didn't have a lot of um brown kids mm-hmm. um I didn't really date in high school at all mm-hmm. um and then coming to college I feel like those insecurities I don't think I was aware of those in high school but even in college I think it held me back from dating mm-hmm. for a while yeah. um just because I never felt attractive yeah right um but I think college in the opposite helped with that okay it helped with confidence in that area How yeah do you I feel like the insecurities that came from my peer group in high school still stick with me because my even though my I think the the majority of my town was split like 50-50, at least in my year, like East Asian and South Asian. My friend group was predominantly East Asian. Um, and when I had like a couple Indian friends, but yeah, mostly East Asian. And a lot of guys would only talk to me to talk to my friends. Mm-hmm. So this the whole thing about like no one likes brown women kind of started for me in high school and I even had this idea when I was younger um even before high school like there are tears to attractiveness and this is obviously not true and I've it's done it's taken a lot of self-reflection for me to Mm -hmm. realize in when I was a kid even even though I was growing up in like a a majority Asian community because people didn't really see brown women as attractive even in the brown community in my head there were tears and even if I was the most beautiful brown woman to ever exist, I and be at the top of my tier, I would still never be attract as attractive mm-hmm. as a white woman or yeah. any Eastern woman. And so that kind of stuck with me, you know, throughout college and even to this day. Sometimes I'm like, I know, I know, I do it with you too. Mm-hmm. Where whenever we go out, and I think a boy might start to be hitting on me, but then he also does talk to one of you. I'll immediately be like talk to her talk to her and then yeah you do that you throw random men at us sometimes and I'm like who is this man (laughs) yeah and it's because I've concocted something in my head that Mm -hmm. they are only talking to me to talk to one of my friends which is maybe true in some cases but not all cases not definitely not all cases so that's just an interesting thing that I feel like maybe trans like romantic insecurity transcends all types of (laughs) it's crazy to think that what high school was almost 10 years ago yeah it started 10 years ago it's still affecting us now yeah we're almost 25 I know sometimes I wish I could go back and just do it again with everything I've learned now just because I feel like I had a bad high school experience more because of the way that I inwardly looked at other people and not because of the way that people treated me Hmm. I think I would fabricate things about the way that people perceived me and then I'd be like I can never speak to this person because they hate me because I'm dumb (laughs) (laughs) so yeah literally in my own head and I wish I could just go back and be like can you stop being so freakity fracking angsty just make some friends (laughs) just make some friends be chill but then I would have had a whole host of other issues probably so maybe it's all for the best (laughs) yeah I mean I guess if we had to sum everything up that we've 
talked about today, like what is something that you would take from your high school experience as a lesson to internalize and go forward going into your 25th year? It's never that serious. It's never that. That's a good one. Come back to me. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I think just talking about it made me realize like, I need to shake off my insecurities. I need to just like, yeah, bad bitch and not care. So care less. Care less. Not that serious. Yeah, maybe. Not that serious. Not that serious. I think for me, it's the opposite. Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, I feel like in high school, it felt like I was always like Mm -hmm. a supporting character to a white woman's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the opinions um, that I had, I never really vocalized it. Um, So I feel like if I could go back, I would just speak my mind all the time, 24-7. Okay, hey, like, you would have ruled my school. No, I wouldn't. I I, you everyone would have hated me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely would have talked shit about you, but you still would have <laughs> ruled the school. <laughs> Sometimes I like zone out during work, and for some reason, I like start thinking about high school and college, yeah. and yeah. all the regrets that I had weren't like things that I did. It's like things that I wish I'd said. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I could go back, I would just yeah, like speak my mind. I like that. I like that. I like that me and Ishana, I think that kind of comes back to like, maybe it has to do with the diversity of our town, like mm-hmm. the key takeaways from what we, the lessons that we've had. Yeah. I think, I think though, Kaya, I kind of also agree with the, I shouldn't have thought, like I should, uh, even to this day, I do this thing where I'm like, I have to be, everything needs to be perfect before I go and do this one thing. Like I have to be perfect to present myself a certain way and then I can go socialize with this group of people or something. And like, yeah, I think I should just be like, yeah, I should just do whatever. I should speak my mind. I should be the main character. You should be the main character. In my own fucking story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how do we end it? Comes up. Yeah, how? Honestly. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we just learned that there is no script that can hold us down. No, truly. So thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode, episode one. Um, as you can tell, we've got big plans for the rest of our episodes. So we hope you'll join us on this journey. Yeah, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope something resonated. Okay, bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You are my Sonia. <laughs> okay, I want you guys to know that I'm going to use the audio of you guys singing <laughs> so that we don't get copyrighted.